Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. days are back baby annoyingly though it does seem that they go hand in hand with disappointment for us it's defeat for the addicts at oxford welcome to charlton live So hello and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendez. We'll be looking back at yesterday's away day defeat uh, up at the Cassam Stadium. 2-1 defeat to Carl Robinson's Oxford uh, United side. Uh, joining me uh, to do just that first up, a man who was there uh, yesterday and uh, is still there after missing the bus uh, home is uh, is Louis Cat. How are you doing, Luke? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. A, a disappointing day for for the both of us and the man who shares in that disappointment. His first show of the season, Mark Newbury. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I mean, <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, a, a bit of a reality check, I think, 
uh, is fair to say that performance yesterday uh, up at the Kassam Stadium. Now, we knew uh, that the squad was short, but I think we maybe got an eye-opener on, on how difficult this division is going to be uh, this season. Yesterday's uh, 2-1 loss at Oxford, that second half was so frustrating. We really didn't find a way to test uh, to test the Oxford United goalkeeper. I think the U's were comfortable winners there. Really, they could have won it by more uh, as well. So in a moment, we're going to hear the highlights. We're going to hear as well from uh, the Addicts boss, Nigel Atkins. Of course, we've got your views uh, on uh, the performance you've tweeted in and you've emailed in. Uh, we've also got uh, a bit of a rarity, but the opposition manager, Carl Robinson, an old friend of ours, I caught up with him after the game, really, just to see what he made of it and uh, for his views uh, on how Charlton are lining up this season. I know a lot of you found Carl quite annoying uh, when he was here, especially Charlton Exile, who shall be fuming to hear that we've got Carl on the show. But I did think it is quite interesting to hear an opposition manager's view uh, on the addict. So we're going to hear from Carl later on. And of course, we'll look ahead to uh, well the game against uh, Carl's former side, Milton Keynes, on, uh, on Tuesday evening as well. We'll look ahead to that at the end of the pod. But before we do all that, Lewis, um, yeah, first half uh, started okay, I guess. Not really creating too many chances. We then had that one for, for Connor Washington. But all of a sudden, sucker punch twice in... In the space of what eight minutes, we we conceded uh, two really disappointing goals as well. Got back into it with uh, with Connor Washington. You think right? We we've we've not been too down for too long. We're back in the game. Let's see what we can do in the second half. And the answer well, was absolutely nothing. Yeah, incredibly disappointing. Um, as you say, game started fairly evenly, um, and as it wore on, I think it was that Connor Washington chance was for me. If that goes in, obviously it's a bit of a different game. Um, a great bit of play there. I think that kind of highlights the threat that Stockley has in in being able to knock the ball on and someone running onto it. But I feel like we don't do that enough. But it shows that when we do that, we can create chances. And it's just unfortunate that one didn't go our way. And then, yeah, disappointingly, I think Albie concedes possession on on an attack and Oxford goes straight up the other way. Um, And, you know, Craig McGilvery produces a fairly decent save. But lands straight in the path of, of Williams and he, he tucks the ball home for 1-0. And then, as you say, you, you kind of look for a reaction, but it was fairly quick until the second one went in as well. So gave ourselves a real uphill battle after about, what, 30, 35 minutes, wasn't it? And then, yeah, get ourselves back in the game via a penalty, which I think Carl said was an embarrassing decision. I don't think I can agree with him there. I think it was a penalty. Um, you know, you give yourself that lifeline just before half time, And I think, that really, for us, should have been the the G-up that we needed to go out there and perform second half. But as you say, it was just flat. I think the performance was completely flat. We lacked any real creativity. Um, they effectively man-marked DJ out of the game, so we had no outlet on the right. Washington played well and worked hard to come in uh, from the inside to produce that chance in the first half, but didn't see a huge amount of him in the second half. And yeah, I think they just dealt with us well. They, they rode what... We, you know what could have been a bit of a storm, but it wasn't. They just it, it was a fairly simple second half for Oxford to see out. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I was disappointed, and I'm sure uh, the the people listening that were there yesterday and, and watched the game on Charlton TV will be disappointed as well. Yeah, I'm definitely going to pick you up on something that, that Craig uh, you said about Craig McGivray's save, but we'll, we'll talk about that once we really get into the details uh, of the game. But Mark, I mean, that the second half was was perhaps really concerning um, because we didn't create anything. You know, you're chasing the game and. The subs that Nigel threw on, I think it showed really where we're still lacking options that will really change a game from the bench as well. Well, it did remind me of um, a couple of seasons ago when we played Sunderland on the first day of a season 
and the bench i don't even think we filled our bench but you know with the kids we had on it you know he's looking around behind him who can change the game and you're thinking you've got watson you've got davison and that's about it i mean putting claydon on for a a minute plus change i just thought that was just one of them a pointless thing give him 10 minutes if we lose you know, 3-1, we lose 3-1. But at least, you know, Claydon's had sort of like 10, 15 minutes to maybe run at somebody. Um, substitutions is strange. I mean, yes, the bench is lacking. We, we know that. Hopefully, the next couple of weeks, you know, we managed to fill a, put a few more pairs of boots on it who were a bit more experienced. Um, and then we'll see from there. It was it was just disappointing to say, right, you know, we, we were doing the same things, repeating the same things, and nothing was changing. And... It was disappointing from an experienced manager to not see that the DJ was being marked out of the game and sort of like change it a touch or move him from wing to wing to wing, you know, make them follow him a bit more and open some space. So it was disappointing that we didn't have, it didn't seem to be more than a plan B in the second half. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make about Claydon as well, because obviously he came on very late, I think last minute of normal time, but he actually had... Well, sixty-two and a half percent of the touches that Dialing Jaisimi did in in the in the hour or so that Dialing was on. So, yeah, some some interesting stuff there, and we'll really get into the detail of this after uh, we hear the highlights uh, of the game over on Charlton TV. It was Steve Brown alongside Terry Smith. Sends it down the middle, looking for Stockley. Looks little flick on as well, and Washington first time touch back across on his right foot. Oh, and a touch away from the shot by Jack Stevens stops Charlton taking the lead. And look for all the world as if they would. And Morgan combined. Oxford fans calling for a handball. And then uh, Morgan had his pocket picked by Williams and Oxford will break. And it's uh, a ball out to White on this chomp right-hand side. Shot by White. Saved by McGilbrey. A follow-up by Williams. And Oxford had the lead. And it all came from a quick breakaway. Matthews fell to the floor. He's complaining to the referee that he was taken out. I have to say, I didn't quite see that. And because of that, on the right-hand side, Oxford United had loads of space to exploit, and they've done so by taking the lead. Yeah, there was definitely a coming together between White and Matthews, and it it led to Matthews hitting the deck, which is why White had all that space. But, you know, if you're a goalkeeper and you make a save and you spill it back out into the box, there's always that danger that the rebound's going to get thumped into the back of the net. I just wonder if McGilvery could have pushed that around the post and out for a for a corner or at least away from goal last thing you want to see is it going back into the penalty area for a finish Just to send the ball long asking questions down of Sykes to go beyond Gunter and didn't ball backwards though is then cut back across and it's uh, dropped in a six offer in his block the initial cross from Henry and all that did was set it out for Brannigan to bury Oxford second yeah, I mean, that is a superb delivery in. It's a centre-half's nightmare. You're facing your own goal. You don't want to get too much contact in it. And it's just, again, a bit like the first goal. It's been pushed back into an area that's advantageous to anybody in the Oxford side that's taken a gamble. And it was Brannigan who took that gamble and the ball has popped down very, very kindly into his path. And it's a very simple finish in the end. It's only five, six yards out. Hit the target and you tune it up, which you did with the plum. But, yeah, that's... Um, that's twice we've had attempts at our goal or crosses into dangerous areas and we've just not dealt with it properly. We've not cleared the areas you need to clear when you're making a save or a clearance. It's, um, it's a strange one because they've had two shots on target and they find themselves tuning up. 
movement in the box. Stockley's one of them, and that looked like it might have come off a hand. And there is a decision to be made, and it has been a penalty. Must have come from this near side and the assistant, because the referee looked across. There was definitely contact with somebody. I couldn't see it from here. Stockley got his head to the corner, made a lovely run into space, but his header came off an Oxford player. The referee wasn't sure. He looked across to his <laughs> near side. It must have been the assistant yeah. on his near side giving it. <laughs> I'm not sure either. There's no distance. Sure. It's Honestly, a strange one. Terry, I I, he took three or four seconds to make that decision. He gave himself a bit of time. He was going. He walked away from the penalty area like he was going to carry on. Then he turned back to the penalty area and pointed to the spot. It's a lifeline for us. Washington has the ball in his hands. We desperately need, you know, this to find the back of the net uh, and. and Oh, I'd have been, if I was a centre-half there and I was going in with Stockley and he's headed a ball from no more than a yard away from me into my arms... I'd, You'd I'd, feel aggrieved. I'd be scratching my head a little bit about what I can do to avoid that. I don't know how I can get out of the way of that. I'm man-marking him, he's headed it, it's hit me from a yard away. I'm not sure what I can do. Well, it is Connor Washington. Ball on the spot. Referee blows his whistle steps forward, right footed into the left side of the net as we look, oh, sorry the right side of the net as we look, the left side of the keeper and Charlton have got to go back and he looked like, for the world he was offside there he looked at maybe a yard but maybe that was the cleverness of the run and he's got the ball inside to White once more into Henry who takes the shot McElvery with the save, back out to Seddon Matthews with the initial block still with Seddon, little ball in field to Sykes Chip ball across this time. McGilvery will come and try and looking to get the ball into the box. He does declare a little back heel into Washington. Washington trying to turn. He does. Kind of the shot blocked away. And Oxford clear decides that uh, that's enough. We've played the two added minutes. Sykes into the box. Oh, sorry, into the box. Into the middle. To White goes for the return. Sykes and he is into the box. Ball across. Oh, Winnell only had a touch it into an empty net, and he steered it wide. Yeah, absolutely pulled us to pieces there. They did. Excellent move from Oxford, great movement off the ball. White, who takes a shot back to Brannigan after it was blocked away, and he's found Taylor. Taylor back into Henry, and that's an attempted shot, palmed away by McGilvery. Stevens get the game going again, and the referee will stop it. There we go, that's the boys on Charlton TV with the, the, the commentary highlights, and uh, well, now that obviously. Uh, the, the games of, of crowds in and stuff, and if you're if you're in the UK, it's back it's back to just listening to the commentary as well, which I'm, I must find must be a really weird situation if you've been used to watching every single game at home and now not being able to. Um, but I, hopefully you would have got a, you know we would have got a good view via your ears of how the game went uh, if if you were. Uh, uh, those of you who were there in the flesh, Lewis, are probably. Even more frustrated than those who were able to to listen at home because you went all that way and after maybe a, a slightly promising start, you know, with that 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 chance for Connor Washington, it, we just fell apart in those in those two minutes. Now, this is the point I'm going, to, I'm going to pick you up on. You you said you thought Craig McGilvery made a good save uh, for for the shot. You know, it, I mean that, that, that there's other parts of that goal we're going to talk about as well. But I, I felt Craig will certainly look back at that and think he should have at least palmed it wide. And, and not straight into the path of, of Ryan Williams, who was obviously able to, to, to get the uh, the rebound into the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're right. I think he, he will look at it and think he could have done better. Um, I did kind of forget, to be honest, that he, he could have just palmed it aside. Um, but yeah, it was, 
as you say, just incredibly disappointing. I think it was a fairly, as I said before, a fairly even opening period. And then we kind of had that spell. Washington had that chance and I thought we were looking quite dangerous at that point. I thought they were linking up quite well um, between Stockley and Washington. I thought Albie had a few good plays and a few good runs, but got caught napping in possession a little bit, maybe held onto the ball a little bit too long instead of releasing it. And then they break down the other side and, and score. You find yourself 1-0 down and then, as I say, the immediate reaction wasn't there because then you find yourself falling two behind with, with Brannigan scoring when he did. Um, again, could he have, we had done better there, I think, maybe defensively. You know, it was a, a goal at the near post, wasn't it? I think we probably will be disappointed with how we've conceded both of those goals. Um, and yeah, handed a bit of a lifeline to get back into it through the penalty. And I was just really disappointed that we didn't take that and, and use it to kick on. Um, I, I didn't really, as you say, the, the second half was so frustrating because I didn't see us produce anything of any of any sort of real threat. I thought that we just looked fairly flat. I thought that it looked like we were trying to defend the lead rather than anything because we weren't pushing forward enough. I thought that our midfielders were fairly ineffective. Um, I thought Albi had a pretty poor game yesterday. Um, as we say, Jayasimi was was sort of out of it completely, man marked by by Oxford, as Carl said in his in his presser after the game. But just disappointing that I think Mark hit it on the head. I, I don't think we changed it up enough. I think with Clayton coming on, as you say, he had a fair few touches when he came on. And he is kind of, yes, he's young, but he's kind of that, that unpredictable talent you want. He's pacey. I think he would have caused a few problems if he came on a bit earlier. Maybe if we'd have taken one of those midfielders off and pushed Washington up top alongside Stockley rather than just having that lone striker in the middle. Even when Davison came on, he was kind of playing out wide, which isn't really his stronger position. He's not really got a huge amount of pace. He's a bit more of a player that holds the ball up and, and lays it off for others. But yeah, all in all for me, very disappointing. Um, the day in itself was great because, I mean, the biggest mention has to be the Charlton fans yesterday were absolutely fantastic. I mean, the following was great. The crowd were incredible. And that song for Seb Lewis yesterday, I think, brought tears to a few people's eyes. I thought it was a really a really decent away following. It's just a shame the performance didn't match it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, where we sit in the press box on the other side of the stadium, you obviously get a good perspective of, of which set of fans sounded louder. Uh, and you can definitely say it was the Addicts fans. And they were still singing even after full, to, even after full time, even after we've had that disappointing second half and, and gone on to lose. I mean, obviously, the, the, the first goal of the game then, Mark, we've already mentioned the goalkeeper. I think a, a couple of people noticed that Albie, Albie lost possession of the ball high up the pitch. I mean, the... Al- Albie's been our busiest player this season and it is a phrase I'm going to describe. He had the most touches of the ball, 69 yesterday and Akin Fainwo came close on 65. Uh, obviously, dialing Jaisimi was at the other end in terms of the, the players he started. Only had eight throughout the game. But, you know, Albie was the one looking to make things happen the most and he had he had some good points. He had that run down the left-hand side where we looked to get a cross in. Uh, but obviously, he was he was the man dispossessed for that goal and... and uh, then the counter-attack starts. Also a question about whether Matthews might have been tripped uh, by, uh, by I think it was White, who ran past him before having the shot that, that, that the goalkeeper could have done better with. But, you know, uh, Al- Albie's going to have a really interesting season, isn't he? Because because he's our most visible player at the moment because he's touching the ball pretty much more than anyone else. Yeah, I mean, I do feel a lot of the... I don't want to use the word abuse, but heavy criticism. He, he gets online isn't particularly warranted. I mean, for if you think of the experience we've got in that team with Gunter, uh, you know Matthews, and people, it's just 
there's there's more experienced heads. They sh- so if uh, he makes a mistake, they should be saying, right, this is what we can do. This is what we can mop up. It did seem like the um, Oxford guy did have just a motorway to run through for the middle. And, uh, you know, McGillivray should have, yeah, you're taught as a goalkeeper. If you can't catch it, push it away from the goal. Um, you know, Albie is he's a talent and it's how Nigel manages to use that talent because the last thing you want to do is have him sort of like crush the kind of like individuality he can bring to a match. I mean, I think he's got good delivery. Not every delivery is good. Not every corner or set piece is, is going to be good, but you'll find that from some, from some players in, you know, in every team, in every division. Um, I, I just think he's, he's, it is a make or break season for him, for us, especially when Jake comes back, because I'd say he's probably the most at risk, um, is is what happens with him then. Um, because obviously, you know, if you've got a quality player like Jake coming back, you know, Albie's not going to get there or he's going to get, you know, on the bench and stuff. And you think, yourself, well, it could be a make or break season for him. So mm. hopefully he can turn it around. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, as I mentioned, he's definitely been the most visible player this season. And I think because he's been on the ball so much, you know, we're, see, we're seeing the opportunities where he, he will feel he could have done better and perhaps they're overriding perhaps some of the times where he has done well. There's Every single game this so far this season, he's had a moment where you think, oh, he could have done a, a bit better than that. But also he's had a moment where he's done really well and stuck across him that perhaps has obviously ended up coming to nothing at, at this moment in time because that's sort of the way it has been. Obviously, the, the second goal, Lewis, I mean, we after that good defensive display against Sheffield Wednesday on the opening day, Nigel Atkins has, has targeted 25 clean sheets. So, you know, especially with Akin and, and, and Ryan Innes at the back, we expect to be pretty solid defensively. But again, that, that cross comes in. Ryan Innes, he's on the stretch, ends up just sort of leaving it where it is, basically, for a, a, a tap-in for, for Brannigan in the end. Again, he'll it, look at that and think, oh, I wish I'd just turned that behind for a corner. Yeah, 100%. I think you're right. I think it was, again, a weak, a weak goal to give away. Um and as I said, the timing of it even more frustrating because of, of just going behind to that to the first goal. So, yeah, it's disappointing. And I mean, I know that the Akin and, and Ryan are, are sort of, as a partnership, all in all, very good. I mean, it wasn't that their display yesterday was awful because I think it could have been a lot worse if it hadn't been for them. I think they both played fairly well. But yeah, like you say, just those sort of silly, not errors or, as such, but maybe just lapses in concentration just to, to do a little bit better. We say it about the, about the McGilvery save. Would he, if he palms it wide, then it's a different story. And the same with this, really. You just almost like, just get rid of it. You'd rather lump it out for a corner or a throw than than risk it. But it is what it is. All in all, their, their positive performances definitely outweigh the, the negatives. And yeah, it's one of those things we need to bounce back from. And I'm sure Nigel being the, the you know the attention to detail that he gives to to his team and everything to to bounce back. I'm sure they're looking at it in in a lot of depth and try and iron out any creases before we go again on Tuesday. Now you know it, it, we've mentioned it already once or twice, but um, the the fact that DJ didn't touch the ball too often was something that a lot of fans were speaking about yesterday. Mark, you know, and and I've nailed my colours to the mask with DJ. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to have a good season. A lot of fans were frustrated at full time yesterday because he touched the ball eight eight times in an hour and was taken off. And and I mean we'll, we'll hear from Carl Robinson in a minute, but we know he was um, you know man marked and, and Charlton 
didn't do enough to get him the ball? Uh, did DJ do enough to get himself the ball? I mean, it, it's, it's two questions, really. But it, it does show currently that if you can keep someone like him quiet and then, you, you know, Jalen Stockley's knockdowns, which did fall to, to red or to white shirts a couple of times, but if they don't come to nothing, all of a sudden we're, we're a pretty impotent team. Yeah, it's strange because he seemed to have had a good pre-season, but against Sheffield Wednesday, I th- I thought he was... I, I didn't rave about him like a lot of people raved about him. But I think yesterday, I think the, um, what they should have said, and it's it's only sort of like um, a, th- a throwback to watching some of our wingers over the years and say to him, look, don't come in for the ball. Stay literally a metre to the touchline at all times. I don't care if you know we're defending on the left-hand side. Don't drift in because as soon as you drift in, you give them a chance for the fullback to move up, the defensive mid to get closer, and you narrow down the space. If he, if you stick on that wing, one their fullbacks going to keep one eye on him, and he might be drawn in. The midfielder's not going to sort of like, oh, he's out that far, and then you're going to have space. And I just think to myself, it's it's something you you see and you think to yourself, it's it's a tactic. We're thinking, you know, if you're man marking somebody, the easiest thing to do is say, right, let's get some bodies around him. So of course he drifts in, thinking, I want the ball, I'm looking for it. No, 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 no. You stay there. Let us worry about getting you the ball out fast. If we can move it quick enough, and then you are one on one, and then you can use the pace for skills and everything. Um, but you know, like I say, I think with. There's a concentration level and you drift in and when you do get the ball or it comes to you, there's nowhere to go because suddenly there's shirts around you and you're thinking, right, I've got you know, I've got no options. I have to pass it back, you know, as opposed to thinking, right, I can take one man on. Um, and I just don't see, you know, we've got coaches, you know, proper coaches on the bench to say, you know, surely that would work. You know, make, make the opposition worry about him, you know, on a one-on-one situation. Don't let them build up and, and shut him down. Because like I say, Carl said, you know, we knew he, he's the danger man. So we man-marked him. So negate that. Tell him to stick out as far as he can. And if he doesn't touch the ball for 10 minutes, fine. But eventually he will get a one-on-one situation. Hmm. I mean, we've spoken about Albie Morgan already, Lewis. But I mean, the midfield as a whole, I think Sean Clare was pretty low down in, in the touches. He certainly was in, in the first half. He had 30 touches when you look at Albie Morgan had 69. Um <sighs> considering he had a pretty good game against Sheffield Wednesday, but we all felt he improved in the second half when he touched the ball a bit more. Do you feel like he's, he's going to be a player where, if, if again, he needs to make sure he, he becomes involved in the game and, and we as a team need to make sure that he's involved in the game? Because when against Sheffield Wednesday in the second half, when he was getting forward, we started to look a little bit more threatening. But yesterday, again, he, he was anonymous. Yeah, 100%. And I think you mentioned that he, he brought it up himself in his interview after Sheffield Wednesday that I think in the first half, as you say, he, he'd been a little bit disappointing. And in the second half, as he started to find his feet and push forward, it, he became so much more effective. And yeah, yesterday I didn't see a huge amount of that. Um, I thought, to be honest, our midfield all in all really had a pretty disappointing game yesterday. But yeah, I think Sean Clare will be disappointed. He, he didn't have an impact really. Um he probably would have liked to have had more of an impact than he did, especially against Oxford, um, playing in that position that he's he's been wanting to play, you know, stamping the authority where he wants to play. And, and Carl obviously saw him as more playing somewhere else, a, a right back, I believe. But yeah, I mean, look, this the team, it's early on, isn't it? Still, um, there's probably still a little bit of gelling, a little bit of understanding to be had. Um, I just think that really, as you say, if, if he's not being given... Um, 
sort of the rain to go forward because we're constantly kind of on the back foot trying to regain possession, etc. Or we're playing a certain way, that, which means he's kind of sat anchoring a bit deeper, like with with Dobson. Then yeah, he's not going to be as effective. And I think, as, yeah, as you say, the second half against Sheffield, he came into the game a little bit more. Um, he was a bit more active on in the cup game on the Tuesday that I saw as well. But yeah, look, it's it's a long it's a long season. I think that we've got a player there. I, I think I'm I'm really happy with with him and Dobson coming in. I think they've both got good qualities. Um, I think we just need to learn how to play to those strengths. I think Dobson plays a lot better defensively. Is that sort of dogged sort of a bit of a, a Josh Cullen sort of mould that will just run around and tackle and and make those challenges that are a little bit you know like to the to the wire could be a booking some of those like crunching tackles you see and Sean Clare's that little bit more box to box and a bit more of an attacking threat so yeah I think we need to learn to play to their strengths definitely um and yeah I was disappointed yesterday that we weren't able to utilize Sean Clare in the way I know we can right let's have a listen to what the boss Nigel Atkins had to say then after the game up at Oxford United I caught up with Atkins and asked him what he made of the performance. Yeah, it was disappointing. We all got off to a, when you look at the first opportunity early in the game, goalkeeper's made a great save from Connor Washington. You know, with a nice little flick on from Jaden Stockley and Connor's in there and the keeper's made a great save. And then from my point of view, we've conceded two goals on the counter-attack. We're in there attacking third and, uh, you know, I've, I've watched them both back. There's, there's several situations we could have done better as a team to stop the two goals. Uh, but ultimately, you're 2-0 down. And that just changed the complexion of the game. For me, it was very stop-start at times. Seems to be very slow. I wanted a bit more. The lads were in great nick yesterday and going into the game with a lot of confidence this morning. Um, and we had a lot of belief about ourselves. But it just uh, it didn't happen. They had good spells. We had spells. Um, we got ourselves back into the game. Very well-taken penalty by Connor Washington. Um, and as the game's going on, you know, you, you make a change. And... DJ, for me, who's had a great pre-season start to the season, he wasn't involved in the game. We didn't get him the ball enough. He, he wasn't making any impact. So, Josh Davison, who's done really well, just thought, get him on. And his energy, his enthusiasm and his, his work rate to go around will get us on the front foot again because we needed that momentum. You know, we were chasing the game. So, that was my mindset on that. Um, and then, you know, if anything, we're maybe going forward a bit. I wanted to put Ben Watson in there for the space to maybe see the situation to control the game and build the, and build the game a lot more. And we've done that. And when you look at they've got, at times, three players around Jaden Stockley, the space to, to go and play. And when we've manipulated the ball wide to get into good areas, then it's about the decision-making and the quality. Uh, and at the end there, like the last 10 minutes ago, you, 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 you're chasing it in a way. I've got Charles Clayton with his, his dynamic pace, who's, again, who's done really well pre-season. Take the full-back off, Chrissy Gunter, and be very, you know, attack minded to try and get him on the pitch and if you like you've got a front line of uh, a Washington very close to Stockley and, uh, and Davidson three in midfield because again like you look at them they were very good in midfield you know they're, they're a good pass aside and if you leave yourself too exposed there then they are going to have a lot of the ball um, but my point of view we've come here to get the three points and very disappointed that we haven't as you can see twice in such a short space of time must have been a bit of a shock considering as well how, how well the side defended last week and, and how good they've been defensively since you've been here. Very much so. We've got done on the counter-attack. You know, the ball's in the attacking third of the pitch. They've gone and broke. You know, there's a big argument that it's a free kick we should have had on the halfway line. That's not a game given, but we should have stopped it up there and we stopped it there. And obviously, they've gone through and gone and scored. And a similar thing from the, the second goal. For me, again, we, we'll, you know, we talk with it and we'll go through it with the players again. We, could have been the counter attack could have been stopped at source, uh, but all of a sudden it's 2 0, and then 
listen, credit to the players because they've kept going. They've got themselves back in the game. And, um, you know, we've tried to be bold in what we're doing because we wanted to win it. It's disappointing, perhaps, in the second half you didn't create as much as, as you did in, in spells in the first half. Yeah, and sometimes you've got to say well done to Oxford because the way they've gone and defended, like we did last week to uh, to um, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, we've, we've got a massive threat up, up top. But likewise, we've got to utilise them. But likewise, when the opposition gets surrounded by him, there should be opportunities for other people to get on the ball and play. And again, that was what I was, my mindset to get Ben Watson on the pitch to maybe get on the ball. So we were camped in a, a fair bit, but we needed the quality then when we get the ball in the, in the final third. And at times, our ball into the box, you know, we've got to keep improving on. Just had a quick chat with Carl Robinson while we, we were waiting for you, and he expressed how much of a handful Jaden Stockley is. He's certainly going to be a, a big threat for Charlton this season. Oh, he's, he's, he's outstanding. He's a massive threat for any team if utilised in the right manner. You know, great character, great personality. He's a big threat who gets us up the pitch and uh, it causes the opposition teams a lot of problems. And likewise, you know, he was very good last week. We've got to make sure that we utilise his strengths as a team. Um, but likewise, we're not just like one-dimensional. Uh, we've got to utilise the space that that's then created. It's a great news that you were able to bring Charlie in during the week. Uh, yeah. Understandable that, that obviously he wasn't involved today. Is it too early to assess when you think he might be ready to, to get back involved? He's trained yesterday with the players. He's trained this morning with the sports science teams. And he'll be back involved uh, on Monday. And he'll travel with us on Tuesday. And I'm expecting him to be you know, in the squad on, on Tuesday. Yeah, no, a good chance to bounce back quickly against Milton Keynes on Tuesday. Well, listen, I said to the players yesterday, it's a big week. I'm looking for three victories. Um, because you can get the momentum, you can build the momentum. It was a good start last week against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, you know, the squad of players got a game on Tuesday, and obviously today I was looking to, to start the momentum with a, with a victory. That's unfortunately not happened. We'll learn the lessons as we always do. Uh, it was a good, good conversations in the dressing room after the game, and we, we get ourselves ready. We're in training tomorrow, and we get ourselves ready for Tuesday night. Thank you. What does Charlie uh, give you, do you think, in terms of fans that maybe haven't seen him play and stuff like that? What do you think he kind of adds to the mix for you? Oh, it, he gives creativity. He's going he's gonna, to. The fans were brilliant today. Even though we've lost the game, but they were brilliant all the way through the game. So um, thank you for that. But Charlie's a, he's an exciting player. You know, getting the ball in the attacking third and things will happen. Do you see him playing on the left? Is that his, or can he play he right, can across, play, right he's across? A, he can play anywhere, just getting the ball. Yeah. He can play anywhere. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a very talented football player who makes things happen. So for me, like I was saying there about DJ, DJ's had a great season, very talented football player, makes things happen. We didn't get DJ the ball. Yeah. So we have Charlie Kirk in the team. The, the objective is get him on the ball in the attacking third of the pitch and things will happen. You get probably fed up of being asked about transfers, but in terms of numbers, have you got any idea how many more you would ideally like to bring into the squad before the window shuts? Listen, we're working hard behind the scenes. Um, the window will shut. Um, I'm very confident there will be more players with us by the time that window shuts. Okay. But no, but no numbers in terms of what you think no. you still might, might need. We're always we're always going to want more players. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, not going to say reality, I'm yeah. not going to give you a number. We have to work to a budget as well. Um, you know, that can dictate numbers if you like what we've got but um, you know, we will be looking to improve the group but likewise we've got an honest hard working group of players and we need to help Would you expect any outgoings at all or not? Um, at this moment there's nothing indicated so who knows Yeah. Who knows we don't want to lose our best players <laughs> No no sure. that's right yeah Did you think um, with um, obviously with DJ as you said he took quite a few very few touches of the ball today Yeah is that something that he can kind of affect more? Is it just sometimes the way the game's kind of 
break down? Well, ultimately, the, the, we, you know, we want to pass the ball quickly and calmly with a purpose, and the purpose is to get an attacking third of the pitch and get our creative players on the ball, and then at the end of the day, it's getting the ball in the promo and putting the ball in the back of the net. Mm. So it's building up there, you know, DJ didn't touch the ball enough. So that, as a team, we've got to identify that. Uh, DJ's part of the team. And we all have to say, well, why? how can we get them on the ball? Yeah. That's what we've got to go and do. Get them on the ball in good areas of the pitch. It's just funny, you must be pleased Connor Washington off the mark. I mean, he takes that penalty and puts it away well. All right, listen, the, the goalkeeper's made a fantastic save from him. Yeah. You know, and there were several other opportunities where he's in good areas. To be fair, there was some good defending from Oxford. Uh, on another day, he might have gone and scored, and scored some more goals. Yeah, you spoke about utilising Jaden Stockley in the best <laughs> ways. What do you think was sort of missing today in terms of utilising him in the best way? What do you think can be improved in, in getting the most out of him and getting the most out of the rest of the players using him? Well, the, the big thing is we get him in attacking third of the pitch in the, between a six-yard box, if you like. He causes problems, mm. you know, so it's up there. We get diagonals onto him. We've got runners going off him. He can link and get hold of the ball. But by pushing the opposition team back as well because of the threat of that, mm. that should then generate space for us to play a bit deeper and get more passes on the ball and then maybe develop the ball into the wide areas of the pitch and then combinations, one, you know, 1v1s, 2v1s, 2v2s to get the ball into the area. So mm. that's the threat that he possesses and that was demonstrated very well last week. Mm. And again today, we're putting the ball forward. They've got three players around him. Therefore, it's fine putting in there. Where there's knockdowns to be had, but flip it. I've got a Ben Watson then come onto the pitch. There's a lot more space to then get on the ball and then, in a controlled way, sustain pressure mm. in the attacking third of the pitch. That's the principle. Makes sense. And, I mean, last season we saw Liam Miller a lot in this team was helping get the ball from defence to attack in a yeah. quickly or quicker. Do you yeah. think that's something that Charlie Kirk will bring? Is that something you feel has been missing so far this season or, or not? Well, what, what we've got is in Charlie Kirk coming in, he's in for a long period of time, mm. which is great. He's a talented young man. I think we could all understand he's just had a very emotional trying time in his life we need to support him and help him and uh, I'm sure him coming in it's been you know he's, he's mixed in with our players very well mm. so far we've got a great group of players mm. we've got a very committed honest hard working group of players we've had a good conversation in the dressing room there because the players are desperate to do well mm-hmm. and just lastly for me I mean Charlie signing on a four year contract this summer multi-year contracts to pretty much every player that's been brought in or to every player that's been brought in that must be nice for you that you can have a, a group now that can start to build for the long term I think that's that's the biggest thing at any club you want to build you want to build something mm. and you need to build stability and sustainability mm. you know and a team needs to come together to understand like a day like today what lessons can we learn from it so we can improve and keep getting better and better if you keep changing all the time you're not going to have that stability and you become a better team because of it because of it Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Jones. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Jordan has scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Live. Hi, welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you are well. Uh, we just heard there before the break from the Addicts boss, Nigel Atkins, after yesterday's uh, 2-1 defeat uh, up at Oxford United. Um, I, I guess sort of there was a danger we were, he might come out and, and be too positive because he's a very positive man. But I, I, I thought he summed it up you know, quite well. He, 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 he summed up his disappointment uh, with yesterday's performance. Certainly gave him uh, a lot to think about there. Um, and we should say, Lewis. Actually, first of all, he, he did he did make mention of the fans, um, as we heard uh, in in his clip, and, and and they were superb yesterday. I mean, uh, everyone really seemed to enjoy themselves, especially your mate who's, who accidentally got his ass out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, well, yeah, good old Kieran um, messing about. Don't try and do handstands on the tube in a uh, in tight shorts. That's the, the lesson to take from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it was the away following yesterday. I think, as I mentioned before, it was it was fantastic. You know, it's the first away day we've had in a long time, and I think that that sort of you know the positivity, the fans all together and chanting and singing, and the noise we made was was fantastic and it's just a real shame that the performance didn't match that and I think Nigel will will you know sympathize with that as well because it wasn't there I think we gave everything off the pitch to try and g them on when we could I think we were allowed for the entire game and it didn't quite rub off and you know he'll be the first to admit that yesterday wasn't good enough but it's it's about how you bounce back you know he said on the last one it's all good making mistakes as long as you learn from them and I think that yesterday a couple of individual you know, errors, maybe the McGilvery save being palmed a certain way, Albie conceding possession, they're things you need to learn from. So hopefully we learn from them and we can kick on and, and try and get that first win of the season as quick as possible. Mm, now, obviously, uh, again, Mark Nigel wasn't really being drawn on any transfer staff. Richard was asking him if, if he's got a number in his head that, that he'd like to uh, like, like to speak about, you know, how many, how many more players we need. Obviously not going to get drawn on that. Uh, sometimes managers do, but but obviously sometimes managers don't. But I mean, still still very clear that we're not where we need to be yet. And and hopefully yesterday was a bit of an eye opener, just in case anyone was was in any doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because last week when you had asked him about Charlie Kirk, and he was, he was like, well, you know, well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and then two days later, boom, there you are. Um, yeah, it would be nice to see at least one body this week, and then obviously you know, pick up maybe a couple of loans um, to bolster the squad. I mean, I I did say, I put out on Twitter that, I, you know, I expect I'd like to see a couple of our youngsters go out, you know, and get some experience being kicked in League Two or Conference, you know, because that will help them. Because um, there is quite a divergent um, amount, I think, of kids there who we've got, who've got squad numbers, but who could do with, you know, learning a few facts of football life, as it were. Um, you know, there's a few I'd make like to make sure that who we kept 
um, just to bring them on from time to time. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's strange because everyone's got a figure in their head what they'd like to see. You know, I, I, I don't know really, though, you know, saying where I'd get someone. I mean, I think left back, possibly, you know, centre backs, I think we're okay for. Um, midfield, I think we're okay for it's. It's strange. Um, I don't actually think we're lacking apart from someone who's going to say, Oh, you know, we're going to goal scorer, but you know, we're not going to pick up one of those now when we've got Stockley in for that. So, you know, maybe one or two bodies, a couple of kids from the Premiership, you know, using the connections we've got with Arsenal and stuff, possibly if one of theirs youngsters is looking good. Um, and we'll see, maybe two or three faces just, just to literally, um, pick up some then of course you've got the people who are out of contract anyway so even after the window closes you might still be able to pick up one or two players who might have been expecting to sign for a club and didn't so because their options are changing all the time so it is a waiting game but you know there's 90 91 other clubs who are looking to do the same thing yeah certainly are right let's have a look at some of the tweets that have come in uh, on yesterday's performance, David Amos says, I didn't see the game, but if Charlton played the same way as they did against Sheffield Wednesday, then the wingers would have been too far away from Stockley, leaving him isolated and marked out of the game. It reduces uh, any goal threat uh, that we have. Uh, London Inigiza says, it sounds like Tom Walling got it right, uh, getting down to go and see Dizzy Rascal, or Dizzy and the Rascals, <laughs> uh, rather than travelling to Oxford. Uh, we've got to improve and fast. In the words of Dizzy himself, all you got to do is get loose, let go, just throw a couple of shapes, put your skills on show. I've no idea if that's actually a Dizzy Rascal quote, but I'll tell you all heard from it, London in at Giza. Martin uh, says, why do fans going to melt down every time there's a setback? I mean, we, we need to add, it's only been two games so far, the cup game doesn't count. I mean, do, do you think there's been a meltdown, Lewis? Or do, do you think people are overreacting? Or do, or do you think there's people concerned that, that clearly we're not where we need to be just yet? I think, I think I mentioned this Thursday. I think that what it is, is with Thomas coming in, and with so many seasons of, of you know, just nothing going, you know, and chaos and carnage, that we kind of have different expectations now that we have an owner that actually cares. You know, like it's, he's come out obviously and made some statements, which we're kind of used to now, like people sort of criticising him for saying we're going to blow the league apart and stuff like that. I mean... Have to remember, he's he's just a bit excited, isn't he? Like he did it last season for yeah, the playoffs, but, but, didn't he? he? Said we're going to make it. I've booked my flight to Wembley. All this yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, obviously, people will will hang on to that, and that I mean that whether you're an excitable man or not, that does set your expectation levels or the fans' expectation levels for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm I'm fully in the in the camp that I don't think that we're good enough at the moment. I I genuinely believe that we are about three or four players short at a minimum. Um, I think that we don't have any cover in the positions. And I think one of the concerns I said on Thursday that disappointed me so much with the cup performance Tuesday night, I know it doesn't count so much, but it's that the players that performed in that game are the ones that we're looking to to come on in games like yesterday and make a difference. And there's no options from the bench. You know, we had Josh Davison come on yesterday. He didn't really add anything. He had Ben Watson come on. It's more of a defensive change than anything else. And then Charlie Clegan coming on in, in the last minute of normal time. There's no... There's no sort of you can't look at the bench if DJ's being marked out of a game and bring on a, a like for like replacement and think that they may make a difference or if Stockley pulled up yesterday you I don't see a like for like replacement um, Gunter playing out of position at left back there's no left back to come in I know Perrington's injured but there's no cover there you know we are short and we we have had this season after season and I think people kind of have, have come to expect now that 
ultimately we need cover in each position we didn't have it before because we were completely underfunded and and weren't invested in and now we have an owner that wants to invest but we still find ourselves in a position where we're short in the opening games of the season scrapping rounds do our business late on in the window again yeah i mean but as, as mark said i mean, funny enough i made this, the same point on radio london yesterday about the sunderland game where we started with, with, with a bench that wasn't full and i think had players who'd never played league football on or, or only one or two games there is still time to fix that um, and, and we hope that will be the case. I think Thomas Sangard was on Charlton TV yesterday and he sort of outlined that he, he obviously he still wants to get a few in and he talked about, I think, deals later on in the window, but certainly people are, are waiting with bated breath now. Right, Tom said, a really disappointing performance yesterday. I really like Albie, but he's got to improve his end product. Also, Gunter shouldn't be playing left back. We knew a couple of weeks before the season that Purrington was injured, so why have we still not signed another uh, left back? back uh john uh, says want to be positive but this side looks worse than russell slade's lot and that team still had a bit of championship uh quality uh alan says dj and claire were poor dobson was only midfielder that turned up and was uh, subbed uh, I, I have we hit it in hope uh to stockley uh is not charlton football need uh, a left back a creative central midfielder uh, as too much from JFC coming back in January will be too late by then. Forward who gets in behind and another wide man, and we need a backup uh, goalkeeper too. Big Tone says I wasn't at the. It wasn't the best game, but we didn't play uh, that well. Uh, we had a problem creating chances. Defense looked wobbly at times. However, I'm not too worried. Uh, we can't expect to play well every game. We've made some very good signings. We just need a couple more as options. Uh, to change the bench and Safford River uh, says my biggest fear after weeks of transfer inactivity uh, when we have known all summer that Charlton needed a number of signings uh, was that everything would be left to the last minute uh, leaving Charlton playing catch-up incoming players might not be ready until mid-September in terms of fitness as well and yeah that is a concern but it's looking like that's the way uh, it's going to be right uh, after the game uh, yesterday while we were waiting for Nigel Atkins uh, to come out uh, Carl Robinson came out to do his press uh, conference after the game with the the local Watsford media, but we were there as well, so we uh, obviously caught up uh, with with Carl, the former Charlton boss. Uh, it was his Oxford side that that beat the Addicts, but I thought it'd be interesting to get the perspective of a manager, another manager in in our league uh, who obviously knows the club reasonably well, knows the sort of business we've done. Just find out how he thinks uh, Charlton have landed this season, and also he talks a little bit about how he decided to manage uh, dialing Jaisimi uh, during the game yesterday. Oh, just wondering how you're viewing Charlton this season. You mentioned oh. Jaden Stockley looks like a, a real threat. Oh, he's top draw, isn't he? Yeah. Like I say, I knew, I know when Stevie got him, I knew he was over the moon with that one. Um, there's a few clubs who have disappointed without that finish and I'm sure he wasn't meant to go somewhere else it's 24 hours before I can't have that because I've fans are me as well but it's they're the ones you look for the top draw obviously trying to see me off the right you know he's going to have pace you know Connor's always going to signing Kirk is, was a big coup I know I actually said to our players before if you want to play Charlton play them now while, while they're still trying to bring players in uh, because it's a good time to play them and I think you know that I think you know this team's only going to get better um, the two centre-backs were a real real strong partnership the other season I remember playing them at the Valley and I thought I, thought I like what I see in that you know, two amazing experienced full-backs and, and one of the best keepers in the league last year so yeah, I think as a football club they certainly land to be successful and obviously Nigel the type of person he is he's a, he's a, he's a top top man uh, and having uh, Jacko and Jace there it was nice to see them all there's some good people at your club and uh, they're friends for life some of them and, that, and they know that so it was nice to see people again what do, you, what do you think Kirk will add to the team for people that haven't seen him? Oh, he was my favourite winger up until Christmas last year. He was brilliant. Yeah. We, obviously, he was playing behind Pickham. and he was probably the best left back in the league last year as well. So he was the, the, the problems the crew caused us last year with, with him on one side. It was Dale on the other with uh, Pickering and NG. 
on both full-back areas. You didn't know whether you were coming or going. And then Wintel sat in midfield with like Solari in there as well. They were a real threat. And he was a real, real good player. They played us here and they wiped the floor with us. I think it was 2-0 on the day. And Kirk was just unplayable. He's, uh, he's an exciting one. Um, he floats. He's, he's got the ability to, to retain it. I think his decision-making in the final third is good as well. Sometimes you get wingers who look good but sometimes the final end product sometimes can dwindle away but he's a, he's a real good player Do you think DJ was quiet today I think he only had some, like seven eight touches in the game up until when he came off is that tactically something you did there or not yeah, we just we just felt we could follow him man for man mark and that was our because I think if he comes off between lines and he gets a run on you he's, he's a very difficult player to mm. play against uh, we worked really hard on this we only played on Wednesday night as well people are forgetting that mm. we had no recovery whatsoever in a battle at half one in the morning uh, on Thursday when we were back in here at 10 o'clock the next day and we spoke all week about how in them two days about how you have to deal with these two wide strikers yes. it's really hard but you also know the delivery by the way Albi's just come on He's, he looks like a young man I'm really proud of him seeing yeah, him as yeah. well but the, you know the delivery from him is top draw seeing the delivery put in for Stockley against mm. Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend mm. He's, so you always know you're going to be under pressure from one set plays two the balls are going to come in your box and three you know they've got wide players who want to play inside off the line and cause you big issues there you go that was Carl um, said some nice things there obviously about the uh um, the, the Charlton uh, backroom staff, obviously, who he worked with, Friends for Life, uh, he said. It was uh, interesting to speak to him, and I do apologise to Charlton XL for, for uh, making you listen to that. But I, I did find it reasonably interesting. Now, obviously, um, he, he spoke a lot about Stockley, about how, Lewis, how, uh, how he thinks that, that there's some good players that we've signed. But he did say, you know, this is a good time to play Charlton. So, obviously, where we are focusing on hoping that we are going to get better throughout the season, as we have done in other League One seasons, if you are a side who, who wants to pick up some points about us, maybe now is the best time to play us. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've got we've got gelling to do ourselves. Um, you know, we're talking about signings, but like Ipswich have have made a load of signings and lost yesterday, but naturally they're going to get better as well with, with the season. And it's the same for us. You know, we we are going to have to improve as we go along and we will. We'll have more bodies come in, undoubtedly. Charlie Kirk signing is a is a huge positive and, and he'll come in and bring something different to that side. Um, you know, so he, Carl's right. I mean, I think it is a good time to play us at the moment because we are kind of transitioning. Um, as we said, he, he marked DJ out the game and, and did a very good job with that. And I think that his comments about Stockley were bang on as well. I think that it, you, you'd struggle to find a striker in League One, especially that is, is going to be as much of a threat um, as Jaden Stockley. I thought even again yesterday, despite us not being at our best, I thought I still thought he played quite well. He just he wins everything in the air, doesn't he? He's such a handful. And um yeah, high praise from from Carl for Jaden Stockley and uh, more than deserved, you know, both performances so far. Taking the result out of it yesterday, I was really impressed with with Jaden at, at Sheffield Wednesday and I think yesterday as well. He he did his bit when he needed to. Excellent stuff. Well, let's have a look at some more emails. We've actually had one in from Glove Pup, who, who does who does help out with the show, but he doesn't come on. So he's, he's put a question to us, Mark, and I'll let you ask the, uh, answer this question. So he says, are our expectations uh, too high? Thomas has said things uh, about not wanting loans, that they don't help the club grow the right way. But obviously, I, mean, I think, yes, oh, well, uh, he says, fans seem to take some of his comments literally and will forensically dissect them. Should we take these things with a pinch of salt? Is it marketing speak? getting the fans on side has he been naive does he not uh or did he underestimate the challenges ahead what do you think mark um well it depends how much he's listening to steve gallon you know because he's still the one who's got the ins and outs of all these players and if he goes to him and say look this kid's 
in you know Arsenal's under 18s under 21 side he's not you know they're not looking to use him in the league they want to get experience I think he could do us you know a good job I think Thomas will go with that I mean I think maybe with a bit of lip service yeah he wants to promote you know the the kids that we've got and I get that you know because you know, deep down, it's they are assets which he's potentially polishing. I'm not saying he's looking to, you know, build them up, sign them and sell them off. But, you know, as a businessman, he's going to be looking at that, especially someone who's now got this football club and say, right, what have we got? What have we got? I mean, we always used to survive on selling you know, the Gomez, the Conza, the Lookman. Um, so you've got a player like that coming through. So I can understand him saying, I don't want loans, I'd rather use our youth. But... You know, if I'd go with whatever Gallon recommends, and that's the thing. It's uh, now there's a few more voices at the top. You don't know how much people are going to listen to him, because um, I know Jed Roddy's there. And you know, if there's a disagreement between Gallon saying I think this kid at QPR is really good and could do us a good job, and Roddy saying no, I don't agree. I think Thomas is going to go with Roddy because he's brought Roddy in. So you know, it's it's a tough one. To get the balance right, you know, we know we've had bad loan signings. You know, we could we could probably do a one to eleven of bad loan signings. Um, but you know, we've also had some amazing ones where we've gone, wow, I'd love him to, um, you know, you know, there's no chance, but I'd love him to sign for us. But you know, they've come in and they've done really, really well. So, you know, it is it's a difficult one. It's a very much um, a media answered one. You know, but the thing is, like you say, fans will dissect everything. And, you know, the people who, who always at Thomas in on their Twitter's things thinking, look, the guy's got a company to run. He's got a football club to run. In fact, I don't think he really wants to know that you fancy this guy who plays for Yeovil who could do a job. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, life's too short to waste yeah. your time like that. Well, Thomas does seem to find the time to message fans every every now and then. But, yeah, that's where we are. Uh, Paul, Paul did add at the end of his emails uh, two games down and one cup game I really don't uh, didn't give a damn about it's a long season there's still time to add depth and I believe that will happen I feel we were saying the same things last season and we made the playoffs people have short memories well clearly Paul has a short memory because we didn't make the playoffs right um squared says hi guys the new season has started uh, it's almost a case of groundhog day as it stands if anything we currently look weaker than we did at the start of last season and then you could argue we had an excuse as it was pre uh, Thomas uh, the 2-1 scoreline uh, for Oxford actually flattered us they should have beaten us uh, by more we are still short of a decent striker and a creative midfielder Robert says hi guys my advice is to all fans uh, to lower their expectations take a step back and remember where we were a year ago Thomas Sangard is still in the process of rebuilding the club he's laid solid foundations senior appointments in technical commercial and financial departments a solid spine for the team taking shape whilst reducing the average age of the squad with longer term contracts and academy players getting vital experience with the first team squad um yeah he uh, says uh, we need to trust the project cheers uh, robert phil says hi guys obviously very disappointing result again yesterday especially as we seem to revert it to gifting goals with silly avoidable defensive errors to the uh, time the defense were instructed if in doubt 
kick it out. Uh, we need to. It's going to be pointless having the two best wide players in the division if we don't get them the ball. And Stockley needs supply from the wide areas, which again is lacking. I believe I heard on the commentary that DJ only had six touches. That makes no sense at all. Good to have you back, though, discussing all the valuable points uh, before and after the games. Uh, cheers, Phil. Steve go, uh, says, uh, good evening, gents. Disappointed uh, like everyone else after yesterday's result. But please, everyone, calm down. Some comments I've seen have just been ridiculous. It's the start of the season. Not all teams can get a perfect start. If our first two league games were played in mid-season, we would think nothing much of it. But please, look of the uh, look at the bigger picture. We have a club save from the brink. Stability was needed and we got it. The season's 46 games, not two. Let's see how we get on in the next 44. Everyone stick together. Cheers, Steve. And then Scott finally says, Evening, guys. I was happy with the signing of Stockley like all of us. And I still am. But with him on the pitch, we seem very one-dimensional, which I don't think we have to be. Uh, Atkins said after the Sheffield Wednesday game that we weren't one-dimensional. I disagreed. We definitely were. Uh, there was a lot of long balls up to Stockley and I feel that's why the likes of DJ, Albie, Dobson and Clare haven't been able to show much in the two games because the ball bypasses them a bit and those midfielders or wingers are there just to feed off the second ball. I think the team's good enough to be able to build up play a little bit more before we hit Stockley. What do you think? Have we been uh, one-dimensional in your view? I mean, obviously I've already mentioned about the amount of times that Albie is touching the ball. So I do think, I don't, I don't think the game's bypassing him because he's been involved more than anyone else. Certainly I think you know, Claire and, and, and DJ yesterday weren't involved anywhere near as much as they'd want to be. Um, but we need, yeah, we need to find a way to, to feed the, the, the wide players, DJ, getting the ball into the channel, basically, because I think that's where we're going to find ourselves threatening other than just a long ball up to, up to Jaden Stockley as well. Right, I mean, Lewis, we haven't got much time, actually, but if we have a look ahead to Milton Keynes coming up on, on Tuesday evening, uh, obviously beaten by Sunderland yesterday. Um, at, at Stadium MK, I've got the, got the new manager who's just come in as well from from Lommel. Actually, Liam Manning was the manager at Lommel, uh, where Carol Fry went after us. So he, the reverse, the reverse path. Um, but yeah, what would you reckon? Big game. Obviously, they got uh, a free all draw with Bolton on the opening day, letting a late equaliser there, and and then beaten by a, bit, a, a good team in Sunderland. So you know, not not the best start, but very similar start to us. Funny enough. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a tough test. I think going up to Stadium MK is never never the greatest of stumping grounds for us to go to. Um, they'll have a new manager coming in who obviously they lost to Sunderland yesterday, but he's probably not had a huge amount of time to to put his authority in yet. Probably the same with us, to be honest. It's such a quick turnaround between games. Um, they were a side I kind of fancied quite a bit at the start of the season, to be honest. I think their recruitment's been pretty good bringing in the likes of Mo Issa, Troy Parrott, Scott Twine. You know, I think they're all good additions at this level. Um, and then obviously to lose your manager um, just before the start of the season probably rocked them a little bit. I think there, were a lot, there was a lot of promise in Russell Martin. I think he was kind of selling a bit of a, a vision and a process and, and obviously he's moved now to Swansea. So they've got to kick on now with Liam Manning um, and see if they can if they can maintain because I think a few people fancied them to try and sneak in the top six this year. So they'll be a difficult side. It'll be a tough test. Um, but I think that we need to be riled up for it because I don't think yesterday was good enough. Um, hopefully Charlie Kurt will come in and play a little bit of a role. I can't see him starting, um, but I think he'll probably train maybe uh, tomorrow and and he may be in the match day squad to come on and get his first minutes for us. So. Yeah, big game, um, a reaction needed, and I think another a big away following going up there as well. So I'm going myself, so I'm really looking forward to it. First time at Stadium MK as well. So yeah, well, it's an amazing stadium, but it's, not, it's probably the worst fan base in, in the football league. But, you know, they're still learning, aren't they? They're brand new. Um, obviously, Mark uh, already mentioned there that, that Charlie's likely to be involved. You know, 
no surprise that he was missing yesterday. He hasn't really trained this week after after obviously the very sad news of, of his father passing. Um, but yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully if he does get on the pitch tomorrow, everyone I'm sure will get behind him and, and let's hope that he can... He, he can he can prove to be the difference that w- that we're expecting him to be, uh, you know, once he's settled down and, and when he's ready to be. Yeah, I mean, from the um, highlights that uh, crew did as a goodbye video, you know, he looks a very exciting young player. Um, I'm just wondering if Tuesday, whether if they're still managing Innis as fitness, whether Pierce will come in, um, which you know might tighten up the back a bit. I mean, we don't really have many other options to change around because obviously we don't have much of a team. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting if he does put Kirk in because it's just thinking itself on that left-hand side, you know, Washington, but Washington's done done nothing wrong. So it'd be hard to see, and I can't see him changing the midfield up. So it'd be hard to see how he's going to balance it up. But, you know, that's why Nigel gets paid a lot more than I do. Well, we don't have definitive proof of that, but we can assume so, I guess. Right, uh, we've uh, come to the end of the show. Thanks to everyone uh, who's uh, listened. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, Lewis and Mark, for joining me on this week's pod. Yeah, and happy You're birthday welcome. to Cheers, Johnny mate. Jackson. Yeah, Jacko's birthday. See, it's not been a terrible weekend after all. I hope you've had a good <laughs> one. Uh, I've been Louis Mendes. We'll be back on Thursday with the big match preview to look ahead to next weekend's game against Wigan and obviously look back at the game uh, against uh, MK. We'll see if we can grab the three points. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and we shall see you again on Thursday. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.